Hey, this is episode 26 of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is Echo. Damn, bad television. What a bad picture. Don't get upset. My name is Greg. Thanks for checking out the podcast. You can uh, follow us on X, uh, TV Junk Podcast, and you can also uh, send us any suggestions uh, you think we should talk about uh, on future episodes, TV Junk Podcast at gmail.com. On the show today, we are discussing the latest Disney Plus Marvel television show, uh, Echo. And uh, it's five episodes. This was a, a great watch. And I've got uh, three fabulous guests. Uh, first, we've got uh, Mr. Sean Dwyer. Sean, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks for the invite yet again. And uh, Dax, you're back for Echo. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Do you get it? And uh, we've uh, we've just heard from uh, two Hawk guys. And uh, the next guest is not a Hawk guy. Uh, it's Nuno. Nuno, how's it going? Hey, yeah, I'm the odd man out. Um, I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Greg? Fantastic. Uh, we missed you on the Loki podcast. Uh, quick thoughts on it. What was you? What did you think of the season? I thought it looked great. I think I had a hard time understanding what the TVA does anymore in, in the second season. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of missed um, the Sylvie character. I thought was downplayed, but I really liked the finale. Nice, nice. That's pretty much, I think, what we all kind of said. We liked how it <laughs> looked. So, yeah. We liked some of the the themes on it, but missed some of the characters and loved the ending. So uh, there you go. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Echo. This was a character that was introduced to the MCU in the uh, in the Hawkeye series, and um, you really, I think, you really needed to have watched Hawkeye to have watched this season. Um, you know, they talked about how they were going to kind of shift formats and say uh, we're going to start calling some of these series Marvel spotlights. And uh, that's kind of your indication that you don't really need to watch all the other stuff. You can just watch and enjoy this. But I think if you didn't see Hawkeye, there's a lot of stuff, especially in the first two episodes that you'd be like, what is this? Who are these people? Who's that ninja guy and what's going on? So uh, I found that really bizarre, but uh before we get deep into the show, we'll just uh, go around the room and and think of, uh, or just say your initial thoughts overall on on the season. And we'll start with uh, Nuno. Um, it was an easy watch, but um, I had I didn't have really issues with it. I think maybe the pacing of the first few episodes I, f- I found strange, especially like you said, if you hadn't watched um, Hawkeye. Like, does it kind of stand on its own? And I don't know if it does. All right, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have as much of an issue with that. And I'm, I'm obviously, I watched Hawkeye, so that could be why. But um, I, I did like the short, you know, five episodes, mostly half hour runtime for the most part. Um, it, it, I didn't have high expectations and it was better than I expected. You know, like, I, I feel like they they were pushing the idea that they're it's going it's going to be really violent this one and i don't know if that felt like more marketing than what we actually got but um but i you know i liked the sort of indigenous background and and the cultural stuff i, I just that always gives an interesting angle i find uh and and there's some cool stuff in it and yeah i mean it felt a little more like daredevil than hawkeye uh which even in the first episode, it just it, when he appeared, it was like, okay, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I liked it. Didn't love it, but I liked it. 
Uh, Dax, what about you? Uh, I'm pretty much on the same page with these guys. I feel like something that stood out to me was I felt like the acting was pretty good. Like I, I feel like I felt the relationships on screen with the people, uh, the actors in there, and it felt like everybody fit, uh, which I liked. Um, I definitely agree with Sean about the fact that they kept saying how like intense and violent it was going to be, and I kind of was hoping for a bit more of episode one and maybe a bit into two because I really felt like the John Wickness of this kind of fell off for most of the series after the first episode or two. I don't really remember too many set pieces of like really cool action stuff after that, um, which is fine. But I just kind of that's what I expect with her because she was that's what she was in in, in Hawkeye, right? So in um, particular, I think I, I thought the final episode was a letdown. Like it seemed like it was building to this huge brawl, yeah. and then it was just like guy got shot i think and that was it like i don't know it was really weird yeah the, the ending i the ending was for me um i think they missed the mark on that big time but i get what they were trying to do i kind of wish they will get to it i'm sure in like episode four that when they kind of allude to the powers and stuff like that like just this you know um and i thought it was kind of cool that if they oh they're giving her a bit of powers but then how it ended i wasn't i was like ah oh, that's a bit cheese but whatever yeah yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in agreement. Um, I think there were elements of this show that uh, I was super interested in. Um, and it felt like, because uh, this, I think, was one of those shows that they kind of had started and then they stopped and kind of took a step back and looked at what they were presenting. And then I think that's why we got Daredevil in this and because they were trying to appease some of the fans who were, um, you know, upset that we were focusing on a lot of characters maybe that... Uh, um weren't too familiar but i think the stuff that i found most interesting uh was all of the indigenous cultural background stuff that we got like five minutes of in each episode like that's what i found really interesting and i think they cut back on a lot of that to get more into the 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 violence and the stuff which yes it was more violent than some past seasons uh series but uh it didn't really get the to the level of the Netflix stuff, but it was definitely more of what we have seen on on Disney Plus. Just before we uh, go on and talk about the, you know and, and you know critique the the series that we do, I think we can all agree that um, we we love that uh, Marvel and Disney uh, has all of this representation and inclusivity and and all that, and and that there are different cultures and and different identities and differently abled characters on the screens that uh people from all over the world and different humans can really appreciate and 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 get behind and you know be seen and be heard so i think it's great that we we're getting these shows that uh that show you know other than you know chris evans and yeah yeah, yeah. and tony stark and stuff like that so um and I don't want anybody thinking that we're criticizing the show because of that, because that's definitely not. Well, no, um, I mean, I actually yeah. feel like, like Sean was saying, and like that was one of the best. Like I've seen some, like I can't pull names of certain movies or TV stuff that I can say it feels heavy handed and it feels like they're really cramming it down your throat. I feel like this is one that did it really well for me. Um, like it's not like it was like, oh, here's a powwow here for the sake of it. Like, no, you were actually in that city for the length of the show. So it makes sense that all of this is happening and it's all of the indigenous um, culture and stuff like that was, and it was cool to see. Cause I did, I'd never really seen much of that too. Right. So um, it felt like it wasn't just kind of slapped in your face to say, Oh, Hey, we're doing this. It was actually in, in uh, to aid the story and the characters and all that kind of stuff. So 
I liked it, that part of it, to be honest. I think uh, the one thing that they set out to do was to make, uh, you know, my Lopez uh, a badass. And I think they definitely succeeded in that because I think that character, uh, I, re- I wasn't too sure about the character from the hockey series, but, but after watching this, I, I really dig this character. And I think uh, a lot more Cox who plays her. I thought she was awesome in this show. And uh, so I am looking forward to seeing uh, more of her. All right. So, uh echo it's five episodes um stars Lockwood cox uh charlie cox uh tantu cardinal um cody lightning graham green vincent d'onofrio and it takes place five months after the events of the hawkeye series uh my lopez is being pursued by wilson fisk's organization leading her to return to her hometown in oklahoma where she must come to terms with her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace her family and community. So the first episode, um, we get a big flashback, uh, uh, which kind of reveals the origins of the Choctaw, which is uh, uh, their Native group, um, and with a character uh, named Chaffa emerging as a human form from under the earth. It was kind of like a, a supernatural type thing, which I wasn't really expecting. At first, I thought I was watching the wrong show, uh, because it, it, it wasn't at all like I expected. So we got this little bit at the beginning kind of, of, of where the people came from. And, uh, so episode one to recap is, uh, Maya Lopez in 2007 is in a car accident with her mother. Um, the brakes, uh, are, are cut, uh, in the, in, in the car. Uh, so her mother passes away in the accident and she loses the use of her leg. Uh, she moves to New York City to uh, be with her father, who's part of uh, Wilson Fix's Wilson Fix's gang, the the tracksuit mafia, which we were introduced to in, in Hawkeye, and we get a, a ton of uh, stuff that we had seen in Hawkeye. I think they just took footage right from that show and plopped it uh, into this episode. It, it showed uh, Clint Barton in uh, his uh, other alias, um, whose name escapes me, um, Ronan. Oh, shit, Ronan. Thank you. Nice. Um, uh, killing uh, members of the Traxy Mafia and Maya's father. And then uh, uh, so Wilson Fisk arranges for Maya to work under him. And uh, during a mission for Fisk, we get Daredevil right away in this series, which I was totally surprised about. I thought this was something that they were going to save to the end of it. But uh, we got five minutes uh, of, a, of a fight between uh, uh, Daredevil and Maya Lopez, which was probably the best action sequence in the series. Um, and so they kind of got that out of the way, uh, which was a, a huge surprise. What did you guys think about how fast that Daredevil came in? I feel like, yeah, like it was, I was like, oh, shit. I thought they were going to milk it and hold on to it. And it was going to be more integral part of the story. But after seeing this, the, the series, I feel like it it was kind of cool that they did it like that. Because it wasn't putting the spotlight on Daredevil as a, as a cameo to carry it. It was just kind of like that places her in New York and all that kind of stuff, right? Or Hell's Kitchen and all that. And it did its piece, which was cool. And then it just kind of faded away. I did want to say something about that I noticed. The whole Daredevil extended fight scene camera thing that, you know, the first season really did and all that kind of stuff. Have you guys noticed how they're getting much uh, cheekier about making it still feel like that, but not because there's definite parts where it like pans in front of like a pillar and then it cuts to another part of the scene, the fight so that they don't have to shoot it all as one big go. They did that like three or four times in that fight as opposed yeah. to just having it as like a big long. It, it also felt more obviously maybe sped up, you know, like sometimes like, is it, do you like, do they drop frames or something like that? Like, is that something yeah. they do? Yeah, I think so. But I yeah, I did that with them, but it's those actors, but I mean, it's possible. I mean, I've seen it done on other stuff before. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I was surprised, but 
you know, it could go either way. Like I think he put it in the first episode that gets people talking about the show. Um, but it also, yeah, I think Dax is right. Like it, it doesn't make it feel like Daredevil's overshadowing the whole thing. And that that's all anyone's talking about is when's Daredevil going to show up? Like it kind of, you get it out of the way and then, you know, the characters in Echo can kind of carry it the rest of the way themselves. So, uh, yeah, I think it worked. So we get, uh, again, we get the flashback, the scene of, uh, of, of Maya shooting, uh, Wilson Fisk in the face. That's what happened at the end of the Hawkeye series. And so five months after that, she gets back to her hometown and meets up with her cousin biscuits and, uh, her uncle Henry, uh, she tells them to not let anybody else know that she's there. And she kind of starts to concoct this plan to take down, uh, Kingpin's, uh, empire, um, so kind of a lot of stuff uh, happened in, in the first episode. A lot of it was flashback. We got some action sequ- sequences. We got Daredevil in there. And we kind of get the idea of where the series is going to go over the five episodes. And it's Maya uh, going after Kingpin's empire, thinking he's dead. And, you know, taking down the remnants of what's left is uh, kind of what she's, she's up to. Uh, so what were your thoughts on uh, uh, the first episode, Sean? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I think this was, was this the longest one? I feel it was. like this one was like an hour or something. Um, and yeah, I mean, after this, I was kind of in and I, I burned through it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess the action was a little front loaded. So I, I liked the action in this, but it did kind of fade away by the end. Uh, you know? Yeah, you know, um, it felt like a bunch of really short vignettes. Like I kind of wish that maybe um the pacing they took a bit more time establishing who people were like i I think it took me forever to figure out that um what's his name that the one guy was her uncle a skating ring guy okay yeah i just like i felt like they were just introducing a lot of a lot of things really quickly yeah cutting back to hawkeye quite a bit just for you know catching up you know her uh her timeline but um yeah it it was all in all, it was still an easy watch. Like it was pretty, pretty breezy, but it, it, it felt like it was a bunch of really quick vignettes in the first episode. I think Dax, what were you thinking? Uh, I, I did. I liked the first episode. Um, I, it, I spent the first half of it though. I think I fell asleep actually, cause I put it on too late. So I had to watch it too, too, over the course of two nights. I will say overall, I was a huge fan of like these B list. Sorry to air quote it, but like B, um, characters in these shows to make it like a five episode arc was awesome because especially for a show like this where we have to get together and i'm like oh should i didn't watch it all you know i could watch it over the course of two three nights and i was done you know so it was great um kind of like what frank always talks about like that sweet 90 minute runtime on a film you know it's just it just works uh but uh i spent the first little bit kind of reacclimating to the whole hawkeye thing because i'd forgotten that she shot fisk like there was a lot of things i forgot um so but by the time I got into it and then it's like, okay, well, he clearly, I think I fell asleep at the part where it shows Fisk take the girl and become her uncle kind of thing, you know, and take care of her. I just kind of put two and two together when I saw them in the limo later when I woke up, I was like, oh, okay, so he, she's, you know, part of his crew and that makes sense. So, uh, but once that all got worked out in my brain, I did feel like I liked the action a lot. It was very reminiscent of John Wick stuff to me, the daredevil stuff um like kicking chairs into people's faces and, and everything is awesome it still amazes me how i mean it is a superhero right but my brain instantly goes to how does a uh, prosthetic leg stay on while doing all these wicked moves but it's just like it's cool that it, it does and she's so so capable with it you know um 
but uh yeah i thought it was the, the action was cool seeing daredevil was awesome um in at the time i remember i don't remember a couple of episodes in thinking where's daredevil he should come back i feel like it was good to see him and then it, i think it very uh uh, naturally moved away from that into the other part of the story. So I wasn't left wanting Daredevil or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point uh, that uh, you and I, I think uh, Sean, you also made as well, that it was it was good to kind of get that Daredevil stuff out of the way so that you're not really focused on 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 that character throughout the rest of the series. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the first episode. Uh, yeah, the first episode was the longest one, and then the last episode was the shortest one. So um, that seems to be a, a common thing with a lot of these uh, uh, Marvel series on Disney+, Plus, where the last episode seems to be the shortest one, and they kind of wrap things up pretty quickly. And uh, But we'll get to that. Uh, um, in episode two, uh, so episode two was called Lowak, and each of these episodes are titled after... Uh, uh, the ancestor that is featured at the beginning of, of each of the episodes. Uh, so uh, Loak, uh, this is a flashback to Alabama in 1200 AD. Uh, Loak is participating in a game of Choctaw stickball, which was very reminiscent of lacrosse, lacrosse to yeah, me yeah. Uh, against another tribe. Her team is uh, very close to winning. Then the opposite side sends out a formidable, formidable uh, warrior who helps to kind of even the score and, uh, and so Loic is is desperate to avoid exile for her team if they should lose. She receives a vision uh, uh, during a melee. Uh, her hands start to glow, uh, and and she breaks out of the melee with the ball and and secures the victory for her tribe. And uh, uh, the glowing hands thing is something that we will uh, uh, see throughout uh, the series. And uh, again, uh, totally interested in in this beginning part and. Uh, um, I felt that this was something I could have seen a little bit more of. Uh, but we're getting to the episode. Uh, Maya gets her cousin uh, Biscuits help. Uh, first of all, great, great nickname, Biscuits. Biscuits uh, is awesome. He's yeah. lovable. He's the yeah. lovable goofball in this for sure. Uh, so she gets his uh, help uh, to hijack uh, a cargo train that's guarded by Fisk's men. Um, uh, she locates this uh, munitions container and uh, she plants a bomb inside of it. Uh, when she tries to get off, uh, her prosthetic leg gets uh, caught between two of the train cars. Um, and then she has a vision of of the two ancestors that we've uh, been introduced so far in the series. And her hands start to glow and she's able to force the two train cars apart. Um, now, in the comics, uh, I'm not too familiar with this character from the comics i think this was someone that was introduced after i was uh really uh reading a lot but i don't think the character of echo actually has any special powers i think this character is more like a uh, taskmaster in the comics where they can visually look at something and copy it and adapt and i think that's what echo kind of does as well so but i, I could be wrong i i don't know if either one of you guys are familiar with uh, uh echo in the comics yeah you're right um yeah in the comics yeah, in the comics um she's not mute and she um she she's she is deaf and she does have the um photographic like muscle memory thing where it's like I bullseye think, then bullseye does that too doesn't he Indiana yeah one. and i think um what happens in the comic is she she, she can watch like fisk shows her footage of daredevil fighting bullseye and then when she encounters Daredevil, she's able to 
go toe to toe with them and actually, I think, defeat them at first. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it's just like Taskmaster. You're right from uh, the uh, the Black Widow movie. Yeah, again, which is not like the Taskmaster in the comics, but you know, the the MCU can uh, make the changes if they uh, choose to. Um, anyway, so the uh, the shipment that uh, was on this train. Um, it gets back to one of Fisk's armories in New York and, uh, the whole thing explodes because she had planted the bomb in, inside and, and only a couple of the uh, henchmen, uh, uh, survive it. So Maya then goes to visit, uh, uh, Scully, who, which I, I think is kind of like a grandfather figure that's played by Graham Greene. I don't know if he's actually her grandfather or not. Uh, but he kind of assumes that role, uh, to her, um, and he kind of tells Maya that uh, a lot of the women uh, in her vision, uh, um, you know, are her ancestors. And uh, uh, the one was the first of the the Choctaw. And um, and then so Henry finds out uh, as well that uh, uh, the shipment that he was kind of in charge of to send off or whatever is has exploded. And he immediately thinks it's Maya. And so they kind of set up a time to chit chat about it. And then uh, that's when also her grandmother finds out that uh, Maya is back in town and uh, and everybody kind of uh, learns that Maya is uh, in town, even though Biscuit was supposed to keep it all a secret. He kind of blows her cover, but uh, she doesn't really want to. Maya doesn't want to interact with uh, with any of them. And that's kind of where we leave off with uh, episode two. Um, so we get this kind of a. Uh, uh, cool sequence on a train where Maya kind of, uh, you know, gets in underneath and uh, plants the the bomb and she's actually able to escape without any, without having to do hand-to-hand combat and kind of jumps off the train and lands in the back of uh, Biscuit's truck. Uh, So we get that uh, sequence. Plus again, we learn a little bit more about uh, her, her ancestors and and the glowing hand power. I don't really know what else to call it, but, but that, um, but overall thoughts on uh, on episode two, Nuno, what'd you think? Um, yeah, you know what? I didn't know what she was going to be doing with the train um, sequence. You know, we've all seen like, you know, train robberies and all that kind of thing. It was very reminiscent of like, you know, Mission Impossible where you're on the top of the train. So, yeah, it was cool that it, she didn't actually engage with anyone and kind of planted that super elaborate bomb, though. I mean, yes. that was, uh, it was it was quite effective, too. And she was kind of like flip flopping and kind of banging around a bit. Like she's kind of lucky she didn't blow herself up before she planted it. <laughs> so I think that was like, I was, I don't know, not to be picky. I was just kind of like, wow, like seeing how destructive that bomb was in the end. Um, well, when it got to New York was, uh, it was pretty crazy, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty, pretty, uh, competent, um, sequence, you know, with uh, biscuits keeping up with the train, and uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was fun. Dax, what do you think? Uh, now, fortunately, this gets to a more technical side. My issue with this episode is that I was watching it during the day, and my window outside is literally backlighting the TV screen. So, anytime I'm trying to watch anything during the day that is at night, is very hard to see. It just becomes a black TV screen. So I didn't see a whole lot of the of what was happening on top of the train. <laughs> um, but I do agree with Nuno that it was it was interesting. I was going, okay, cool. Like I have it's like a 
catch 22 thing for me because I wanted to see the action, but then I was like, when there wasn't any, it was kind of like, Oh, okay. So she did it more stealth. Like, okay, cool. Like I was expecting her to beat the shit out of all the guys on the train and then, you know, do whatever she was going to do and then get off. But then she didn't. And it's not like I, I didn't like at the end, I wasn't mad about it. I was just kind of like, okay, that's a different direction. But I will say this is where I started to watching the series where the action for me was almost non-existent. And the things that that I did enjoy about it um, was like the personal relationships with all these characters and like her family. Like I thought each of the actors, like the Graham Greens, like they got some like great people in here for this. And like they were all just really like her relationship with uh, her, her uncle I really love. I think she's fantastic as well. Uh, the lead, Maya, super pretty girl. And the fact that she's so stone faced the whole time for her character, the two times that she smiles in this, I was like, oh, God. She's an angel. Look at that smile. My <laughs> Lord. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I really started to enjoy the those relationships, like in the pawn shop with her grandfather and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just to touch on what you were saying in the synopsis at the beginning, the glowing hands thing is basically like it's like a Moana type thing, like a circular kind of like thing that was in the very first episode underground, like where all the ancestors kind of, so all the ancestors that are blessed with this, and I guess they had to be blood, like basically it's saying that Maya is like part of this progression down the line of, of uh, the people that will have this gift kind of thing. So then when you, when you get to see her do that at the train, it was like, okay, I see where this is going. This is where I thought, all right, well, this is cool. She's going to get some kind of power. Now what is this power? And then at the end, I was like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like how it was visually. I didn't hate. I, I think I like the idea of the culmination of her powers. Like when we'll talk about it. However, I didn't like the visual of the wide shot and like, dun, 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 you know, like I didn't like how they handled that, but whatever. We'll get there. Um, Sean, what were your thoughts on uh, the second episode? And do you think that maybe they uh, tweaked uh, what Echo's power is because uh, they've kind of already established that with Taskmaster, and when they do eventually bring Bullseye in, which I'm assuming will occur in the Daredevil show, who also has a similar power, that maybe that's why they adjusted it. I mean, I didn't know about that. I guess that makes sense. I, I the thing with the power, like I ultimately was okay with it. I was a little worried when it started coming in here because I actually like kind of the lower stakes. I think that's why I like Hawkeye as well. I like the lower stakes, less powered kind of stories in this universe. And and ultimately, this one did end up being one of those, I think. But I was getting worried that, oh, these powers, it's going to turn into this big, like, you know, super powered thing. But it kind of isn't. Um, but I, I did like the train sequence. I agree with Dax. I was kind of expecting a little more, but it was still good. It was still fun. Um one totally random thing that I think was in this episode that I just wanted to bring up. There was a scene where Biscuits is driving his truck. And I can't remember. I think it was like he was driving by like Maya's mom or something. And it was like he's looking out the window. But he was driving a truck where the steering wheel was on the right hand side. Did anyone else notice this? He actually mentions yes. that. Like it's yeah. uh yeah, it's their it's their grandmother or their Chula's truck. And Maya wants to drive it on her own, I think, to town. He mentioned something about it, about how the steering's on 
the wrong right size. side. So it's just like a custom thing, a custom job or something. Like yeah, like it uh, seems unnecessary, but it just like he definitely I, made a point I, about like oh, like it's so hard to drive with the steering wheel on the side. Like they make yeah. that point. I don't. Yeah, know it's, I, I don't remember the explanation, but I I was just watching it, thinking like, was this shot like you know in the UK or something? And then I looked it up; it was shot in Georgia. I was like, what's going on? But. I think I can answer why it's like that. It's because uh, um, the grandmother, Chula, uh, she works for the post office. And so when she's on the right hand, if she's driving with the steering wheel on the right hand side and she's driving on the right hand side of the road, she can drive right up to the mailboxes oh, and roll down the window. Wow. The mail that makes sense. Wow. That totally nice makes work. sense, Greg. Yeah. Nice work, Greg. Nice work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Part of my studies of postal workers throughout the ages. <laughs> it's impressive. I give a TED talk on it. Uh, uh, episode uh, three is called uh, Tuklo. So uh, in a flashback to the late 1800s, uh, Tuklo practices shooting with her father, who was one of the light horsemen. Um, despite wanting to be uh, a light horseman like her father, uh, he says she can't be because uh, she's a woman and only the men can be light horsemen. Uh, so Tuklo's uh, father rides out to confront some local criminals uh, while uh, she stays back and, and braids her hair like a Chakta warrior. Um, she then has visions of Chaffa and and Loak, who we were introduced to in episodes one and two, and her hands begin to glow. Um now the criminals ambush the light horseman, but she shows up, uh, hears the attack, and uh, arrives in time to uh, save her father and the rest of his team, and uh, is able to uh, uh, take out uh, these criminals with some expert marksmanship. Uh, and then we jump into into the present, um, where uh, we get Scully and and Chula kind of uh, meet up uh, to discuss uh, Maya's return and. And uh, that the grandmother should should reach out to her and, and talk to Maya because uh, she's now learned that uh, Maya has been having these visions of of the her ancestors. Um, and then Maya gets kidnapped. Uh, she gets uh, the chloroform over her face and she wakes up hanging upside down in the roller rink. Um, and uh, we there's a guy named Vicky who uh, he works for her uncle Henry in the uh, the roller rink. Uh, I keep wanting to call it a bowling alley, but I'm 100% sure it's a roller rink. Oh, yeah, right? it's a roller, roller gardens, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, he has uh, reached out to uh, the Kingpin's men and has uh, kidnapped Maya to hand her over for a fee, and he has uh, two accomplices with uh, with him. And then we get introduced to, uh, uh, I guess, Bonnie's, uh, sorry, Maya's cousin, Bonnie, uh, who we saw as a little child in one of the earlier episodes, and she shows up and uh and gets locked up with maya as well um eventually everybody gets uh loose and we have a big fight and uh, we get a a pretty cool action sequence inside the roller rink uh uh, with the use of um the tools from uh the uh, that arcade game where you put you control the claw to to grab the stuffed animals so maya uses those in her fight she uses uh ski ball balls in the fight uh and uh and then so but she ends up getting uh overpowered and they're all about to be executed when the main guy gets a phone call he hangs up and everybody leaves and they're kind of left uh uh you know wondering what has happened here uh so everybody kind of goes home 
Maya ends up running into Wilson Fisk, uh, where she has been staying. And uh, that kind of uh, ends episode three. But we get a pretty cool uh, sequence inside the, the roller rink uh, with some, I would say, innovative action sequence. I like when, uh, um, you know, they use things that are around them in fights instead of just, uh, you know, uh, guns or knives or whatever and use random objects uh, uh, in a fight. And uh, Maya also concocted this uh gun out of out of something that uh that was, was able so to weird. shoot out a light what that was, was that so weird it seemed like, it seemed her, like so yeah. much effort for what it was it seemed like they could have done that a different you just way throw something at it right yeah like, there, there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of macgyvering um in yeah the family. It was, it like was huge macgyver stuff yeah it's and, like uh like um oh what's the uh grandfather's name again sorry scully. oh scully yeah scully like builds scully? a prosthetic leg like on the spot <laughs> Yeah, out of and then the next episode, that's right. She's colander went, and, yeah. and a bike spring, and yeah, right. yeah. and then and then yeah, and then she's she's in the back room of the of the roller rink, and I, I thought it was some kind of a, it was like a pellet gun. She built like a pellet gun out of like skates or something. Yeah, yeah and she's great. like smiling like it's this big maniacal thing, and then all she did was shoot a light bulb, and then that was I'm like what? Well, I think I think she shot one of the kidnappers a few times too. Yeah, but, but, but that didn't kill her. It seemed like yeah. they were like pellets or something like maybe ball bearings or something i don't know but it was yeah. just it, yeah it seems kind of like a lot of a lot of setup for it to not really be that useful <laughs> do you know what yeah. i mean like you're yeah, hoping but, for like uh, a john what, what wick do you think overall that episode dax oh, this is where i'm embarrassed my vagina is sweating a little bit because <laughs> i didn't remember the fight sequence in that because i think i was doing one of the old i was vadering a little bit during the the actual fight sequence. i did see her making i kudos i will say kudos to them making the kidnappers the least threatening looking three people you've ever seen in your life right <laughs> the two women that look like they're just friends off the street that you know from Chuck E. cheese or fucking swiss chalet and and the guy um vicky and like they've got a gun they're holding them up and they managed to capture them twice and put them back in they keep putting them back in there and shit and then they keep breaking out and then she builds the the gun and then shoots the light bulb and stuff and then that, that's where i think i started kind of getting the nods because I remember the uh, bits of the fight and then her dropping the ball. So you, you reminded me that reminded me that there was a fight in there. So I'm kind of bummed that I missed the second, probably best action sequence in the whole show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was, I was kind of like, what is happening here with this kidnapping shit? And and then I guess I lose credence with the fact that I fell asleep for part of it and then woke up when they were about to be executed. So I, I don't know, next move on. Essentially, when when during the fight scene, you know, uh, she gets thrown onto a, a ski ball machine, and then of course grabs the ball, so just with expert marksmanship, you know, hits people in the face, and you know, noses shatter, and then um, she gets slammed into again the, the the claw machine, and she grabs like the two handles and pulls them out, and kind of uses them as like uh, a whip, and uh, you know, whips guns out of people's hands and whips people in oh, the faces shit. and yeah, trips I definitely people. Didn't see that. Yeah, like th- there was there was some innovative uh, stuff in there that you missed. He destroyed That's Henry's a- entire arcade. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some some of those were probably vintage too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was painful um, to watch. Henry ain't recovering from that. That's for sure. <laughs> Financially, anyway. Oh, and they also I don't know how it worked logistically, but she uh, she tackles someone and goes through the wall where there's the mural that says uh, "Make Make America Make America What Make America Escape Again." Yes. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 
And uh, also the uh, the fight scene was uh, was done with the soundtrack of uh, Rob Zombie's Dracula. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, was it? She, oh, yeah, oh that's right. that was also funny too. How it's like it was <laughs> like I get what they're trying to do. You know, because she's deaf, so it doesn't. It's like her superpower. She can like. They're all like, it's so loud. I cannot hear anything. Yeah. And it's not only is it so loud, it's hurting them. They're like, ah, oh, Dracula. Um, it's so it's that, too bad Jay will never watch this show because between Dracula and the claw machine, he would have loved this sequence. Yeah. Yes. You didn't say anything yet, Sean, did you about this? No, I, uh, I, I like the episode. I like the action sequence. Uh, it, it felt like it was over pretty quick. Um, but Kind yeah, it was that. it was it was good, and um, uh, I'm trying to think. We haven't really talked too much about the the specifics of the opening uh, things with the ancestors, but the opening yeah. in this one was kind of done like a silent film, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else stood out. Oh, I guess I just wanted to mention. So Bonnie, uh, the actress is Devery Jacobs, who's from Reservation Dogs. Which uh, I, I like her, and I like that yeah, show. She she plays Alora Dannon, na- named after the uh, oh my gosh the character from uh, Willow, 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 yeah, Willow. right. An- another TV junk episode, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's scoot on to uh, episode four, uh, which is called Toloa, and Toloa is the name of uh, of Maya's mother. Um, so we flash back to 2008. Uh, uh, Maya is uh, being verbally abused by an ice cream vendor uh, who fails to understand her request for ice cream. And uh, Wilson Fisk uh, watches this and he gets out and he beats the shit out of this ice cream man uh, and uh, quite viciously. Um and even though Maya witnesses it, she's not scared, and she kind of walks over and throws in an extra couple of kicks herself to this man who's probably already dead, um, uh, which was a pretty in- in- intense scene. Uh, and then it jumps to several years later, and uh, Maya is about to begin working for Fisk uh, when he offers her a final lesson that they can only trust each other. Um, he then has uh, her ASL translator executed, <laughs> which... Uh, uh, um, uh, you really, if you're going to work for Kingpin, you got to know that sooner or later your time is going to run out. So, uh, <laughs> these people who are, who are taking jobs with this guy are just kind of dumb. But, um, so we, we jump back to, uh, the present where, uh, uh, Fisk has shown up, uh, to where Maya is staying. And then he gives her this contact lens, which is this augmented reality thing where, uh, he can understand what she's doing. And when she looks at him, uh, everything that he says, uh, there's like this um, AI um, sign language thing happening in front of him with like these uh, like these arms that kind of appear in front of him, uh, which I didn't think like, it was like kind she's of... playing a VR game. It's pretty. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. I want to talk about that for a second, because I, I, I was watching it and I'm like thinking, huh, that's kind of interesting. Does this thing like do things like this exist? And then I started thinking about it more and I'm like, wait a minute, like, why wouldn't you just subtitle? Like, why would it be like superimposing like CG sign language? Like, I don't know, like it could be wrong. Maybe sign language, if if that's your if that's your main language, maybe that's faster to understand than reading. But I feel like reading would be faster. (laughs) (laughs) Point, Sean, I didn't think of that. I, I I thought it was a cool idea. Uh, I thought it looked a little bit silly, 
Um, Nuno, what'd you think of it? I, I felt the same way. It was, it was a bit silly to see. Um, I mean, to be fair, like the, I, the point of it kind of is, cause they, they call back to this later. Like he doesn't take the steps to learn ASL to be able to communicate with her. Like she's kind of a daughter to him, but he just doesn't even bother. Right. So I, in a way it's kind of supposed to be symbolic of that. He's just going to take some cheesy shortcut to be able to talk to her. He'll pay but, his way to talk to her kind of thing. Yeah. Use his resources because he doesn't care to spend the time. You're absolutely right, Sean. And what a what a boring job to be uh, his ASL translator. You just kind of have to stand there, and like they're having this lovely meal, and she has to stand behind there and just kind of hover. Man, it's terrible. But re- the reason that Wis- uh, Wilson Fisk is showing up to talk to her is that uh, he basically wants her to come back into the fold and. Um, kind of rejoin and, and kind of take over and kind of be a second in command um, in running this uh, criminal empire. And he gives her a day to decide. Um, so she leaves and uh, goes to talk to her uncle Henry and kind of uh, tell her what, uh, what uh, Fisk wants. And, uh, and then she gets this uh, vision again of all of her ancestors uh, uh, at the, the festival grounds and uh, uh her grandmother chula kind of gets the same vision at the exact same time so uh henry takes her to go see her grandmother and they kind of talk it out and and uh, she tries to tell her what these things really mean and why it's important that she's having these visions but she's still kind of stuck on the fact that her grandmother kind of gave up on her when when she left with her father because she gave up on her her father and um you know, her father kind of told Maya when she was younger that her grandmother didn't want anything to do with her, which created this, this tension. And, um, it wasn't really true because, you know, they both kind of wanted to see each other, but there was that barrier kind of in between. So Maya decides that she doesn't want to, uh, go with Fisk and she goes, shows up to his, to his hotel with kind of the intention of, of killing him. And, uh, he kind of tells her that, uh, you know, uh, he killed his own father who had been, uh, abusing, uh, his mother. And, uh, he says, well, you know, if you're going to leave, if you're not going to come, you might as well just finish me off and, and get it over with. And she decides that she doesn't want to do it. She kind of rejects everything. And, uh, the episode ends of, of him waiting for her on the airplane to show up and realizing that she's not going to come, which, which sets us up for the, uh, the finale, uh, episode. So mostly, uh, uh, a, a slower paced, uh, episode, um, except for, you know, the, the, the violent beating of the ice cream man at the beginning. Uh, but a lot of it is just conversation and kind of revealing, uh, what Kingpin wants and her making, trying to make that decision and sort of reconnecting with, uh, uh, her grandmother in a way. Um, what did you think of, uh, episode four, Nuno? Um, I'd say the stuff with Fisk, I probably wasn't as crazy about, I think more so because, I'm trying to think of like the character motivations. He is extremely lenient and forgiving considering the fact that she shot him. He shot him at the face. I thought he would have lost his eye, but it kind of looks as though he just kind of has like some scarring around his eye and he sometimes wears a patch, but um, like immediately. So he calls off, you know, her assassination and then like offers her like an empire, which is what she says she wants at the end of the first episode i think she the assumption in the in the start of the series is that she thinks she killed him maybe right and and then yep. she says that 
you know, it's time that there's a queen in there and she wants to take over. And then he's essentially wants to give her everything that she wants. <laughs> and then she, she, he, he comes by with a lovely dinner and a, and a cute little basket. And, uh, they don't even get down. They don't even get around to eating. He's, she's just really rude to him the entire time. <laughs> she dumps yeah. his bottle of wine down the drain. <laughs> I mean, like we've seen Fisk, you know, murder an ice cream guy for, you know, very, you know, for being rude to uh, her as a kid. But like, it seems like there's nothing Maya can do to Kingpin to like piss him off. He's just a big softy around her. For her, yeah. You're yeah, always yeah. kind of always waiting for like the boot to drop. Like, okay, like, which I think is what they were trying to get across with it is that like somebody's who's going to backstab who. So they're both being leery. But it just never goes anywhere. And like the amount of times in this series that she pulls a gun and has it in fist face, like about to kill him and then just doesn't, I'd say at least three times. And it's like, what is like, why, like what's her motivation to do that? Like, okay, I agree. I feel like this, this show gets a little lost in the multiple ideas. Like she's a bad guy in, in, in whatchamacallit Hawkeye, right? Like she's a mob boss type thing in Hawkeye. So now they put her into this series. So she's going like the more Batman dark hero kind of angle where it's her thing. And then by where like, and she even in the middle of this says she wants to become the the boss and take out the gang. And then she can run the show trying to get her brother to her uncle to help. He says, no, I don't need a war, all this kind of stuff. Then we get to her realizing Fisk is still alive and then goes, no, I'm going to go kill him again. And then, but because he tells the story about beating father with a hammer, she changes her mind because he says, well, you beat me to death with a hammer then go ahead and do it. And she's like, nah, that's gross. Like my brain went, she thought it was like, that's just <laughs> excessive. I'm not going to do that. I'm assuming it was supposed to be more of like a, her coming to hero moment where she's like, I'm not going to do that anymore, but it just didn't come across that way. Um, to me anyway, I felt like it, it didn't quite nail what I think they were trying to say with it. You were just kind of expected to understand that's what was happening, uh, that she's not going to do the fist thing anymore, but yeah, um, I will. I got. I just got to touch on like the most important thing. The very beginning was what kind of an ice cream man in that line of work screams at a child that doesn't know what they want or is having trouble <laughs> saying what they want. I mean, he literally had it coming. Like it, it was a little unrealistic. Like, let's be real. What do you want, kid? What do you want? Get out of here, you kid! Don't let me see you around here again. Like, is like, you know what I mean? Like, all she did was point at an ice cream cone. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I get why they did that so that Fizz could beat the fuck out of him. But it seemed like a, a little, little much. I, don't think I, I liked that one of his lines was "Use your words." Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Use your words. Oh god. <laughs> uh, Sean, what do you think of uh, episode four? Uh, yeah, I mean. I kind of agree that the whole Kingpin Maya relationship is a bit weird. Like I like Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin and there's potential there. I feel like maybe this is one area where the five episode length is a bit of a a problem because in order for, to understand why he's not going to just kill her outright, you got to build up that relationship. She, she has to feel like a daughter to him. And it just feels like for us, we've just kind of, I, I don't know, like we're just still getting to know her and their relationship. So it's just, I don't know. It doesn't really, it didn't really sell me fully, but, um, but you know, the performances kind of 
Harriet, I guess. Um, I, I did want to touch on, this is not really specific to this episode, but just the idea of how much, uh, you know, people are communicating with ASL in this show is pretty interesting because you have long stretches of dialogue where it's almost silent, you know, like some actors do um, say the words as they're signing them. I don't know if there's like a rhyme or reason to that, like if it's personal preference or if they choose certain characters to do it and not others, but it, it just, it gives it an interesting different kind of feel um, to know that, you know, you, you have these intense in some cases, like, uh, I mean, they kind of, that's another thing with the, with the augmented reality thing that Kingpin has, it just feels like a, a lame way that the audience doesn't have to kind of sit in silence watching some of these se sequences, but, but it is interesting when you're watching, especially like angry exchanges and stuff. And it's more about the facial expressions and the, uh, you know, the motions of the hands than anything else. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Nuno, what were your thoughts? I, uh, I found it was hard to take notes because there's so much ASL going on. You don't want to miss out <laughs> on, uh, I mean, I, I sometimes watch certain episodes with subtitles on as well. Cause sometimes, you know, you miss stuff. Um, but yeah, you know what? I think there was, there was like a contrast of how extreme they made, well, not how how extreme the Wilson Fisk character is. You know, it's a carryover from anyone who's seen Daredevil. Yeah, he's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, I found that there was like a lot of contrast between how brutal he is to everyone. And then I think the stuff I like better than them trying to be really dark and, you know, excessively violent with Kingpin. I think I liked stuff with Biscuits and like Scully, like Graham Greene's character, like the... Um, all the family stuff with her grandparents kind of re reconnecting again. I think those moments, even though they, they, they seem like they were in a completely different series. Um, those are the performances that I liked. I think I, I like Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk. And even though he's not in the series that much, something about his kind of overacting. And I think his, uh, his like main Lieutenant guy, Zane, the, I found he was, in a completely different production as well. Like he's just, I don't know. He was really, really over the top, but doesn't really do much. It's kind of weird. For yeah. the longest time, I thought that, that that was flea. Yeah. Oh, Hey, you're going to like my casting, uh, my recasting choice. Yeah. No way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I got flea vibes too. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, jump into uh, episode five. This one's called Maya. So in a flashback to her childhood, Maya uh, hits a woodpecker with a slingshot. Uh, her mother kind of says, hey, you know, we don't do that. We don't harm uh, living creatures. Um, and uh, so with her glowing hands, she uh, heals the woodpecker and they release it uh, back into the wild. So uh, Maya's essentially uh, left town. She's kind of left Kingpin, not wanting to go with her. And she's kind of uh, uh, taken off and uh, skipping the festival. Uh, but Biscuits gives her a call and, and says, Hey, you know, where are you? Um, um, Chula and Bonnie, uh, aren't here. They should have been here hours ago. Um, Maya sees a woodpecker outside and, and realizes that, uh, Kingpin is not, uh, left, uh, so easily. And so she returns back to, um, to, to her town in Oklahoma. 
So she gets to Chula's house and uh, she's met by a vision of her mother. And uh, her mother tells her that, you know, she's kind of the embodiment of the people's legacy and uh, uh, that the legacy will echo through her actions. And she repeats the word echo a couple of times. And um, so the vision ends and, uh, and revealed behind her is this uh, finished garment uh, that I guess is uh, uh, my Lopez's future uh hero costume um so she shows up at the powwow festival and uh locates wilson fisk uh, wilson fisk who's uh, kidnapped both chula and bonnie and he says he's gonna kill her entire family for betraying him uh the same way that uh he he killed her father and he finally admits that he was the one behind the death of her father uh i'm assuming he's the one that gave ronan their whereabouts and uh ronan was able to you know, to, to kill all of them. So that's probably what his involvement was. Um, but, uh, so Maya then has, uh, uh, this vision of, of all of the characters that we've seen in the visions previously, and they all show up behind her and she gets this, the, like the supercharged glowing hands and shares that power with Bonnie and Chula. And they're able to take out, uh, all of Fisk's men in this garage. And at the same time, uh, Uncle Henry uh, shoots Flea in the face, uh, who's got a bazooka. And then uh, our our favorite Biscuits is now driving a monster truck, and he crushes <laughs> two vans that were carrying all of uh, yes, Fisk's other goons. And uh, uh, we did we did get a, a scene, and I, I think earlier earlier in this episode or earlier in one of the other episodes where uh biscuits goes to like a wreckage yard and uh decides that you know he's going to get himself his own vehicle and and he builds himself this monster truck which which we see uh first of all he was able to construct this thing super fast everyone in uh, this town i don't it must be the water everyone is a macgyver in this town they they can build crazy shit anything um yeah and so uh Everything kind of wraps up and uh, all of Fisk's men are defeated and he comes charging at Maya and she uses her glowing hands on his head and kind of brings him back to the night uh, that he uh, killed his father. And he's uh, kind of being tortured to listen to his mother being beaten over and over again while she's trying to Maya's trying to get him to just let it go and uh and release all that anger and just kind of move on and um he doesn't accept it you know he you know he screams you know what did you do to me and he gets kind of in a vehicle and takes off before the police uh arrive uh then the next day maya's with her family and they kind of reconnect and uh and that's kind of uh the end of the uh the series and then we get a mid-credit scene did you guys see the mid-credit scene Mm -hmm. yes all right, so it's uh, it's Fisk. He's on an airplane, and he said, "Well, you got to get the the rest of the heads of the crime family together." And then he's watching television, and he gets the idea that maybe he should run for mayor, uh, which I'm going to assume is going to tie into the Daredevil show uh, somehow. Uh, so that's kind of uh, how the episode and the series ended. Um, again, the shortest episode. Um, about 35 minutes or so uh, without credits. And uh, yeah, how did you think that it wrapped up? You know, um, there wasn't a lot of action. <laughs> it kind of um, wraps up pretty tidy um, pretty quickly. Like um, once uh, 
once Bonnie and Chula get the the ancestor hand thing going, I found a lot of, you know, sometimes it can't help but you watch the background, like characters who are just, you know, the extras, whatever. A lot of Kingpin's cronies are really doing nothing <laughs> while their asses are getting handed to them. And um, yeah, um, it was interesting that there's no fight between Maya and Kingpin, that she uses the ancestral gift of the healing that her mother had. Yeah. And uh, I was, I was wondering like how much, like whether she was going to heal Fisk somehow was he was going to like turn over a new leaf or be physically healed. But um, it's kind of left. I don't know. Like I, I found it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't very decisive as to what she did to him. Yeah. yeah, there was that flashback to his childhood and stuff. But um, yeah, it this was a really fast episode. Yes. I, think it, I think the resolution kind of happened a bit too quickly for me. Uh, Sean, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It was just, uh, you know, a bit of a letdown. Not terrible, but just, you know, it. Uh, I thought it was going to end with, you know, some crazy action. And it kind of, it just kind of ends more comedic, a little cartoony. And uh, yeah, the healing thing it's kind of interesting but i just don't like maybe they're gonna that's planting the seed for something that will happen in daredevil i don't know but it's just kind of weird like she's gonna heal him but then it doesn't seem like he's healed but he just gets angry and leaves like i don't know it's just such an unsatisfying end dax yeah i agree this with what sean's saying i feel like they're kind of setting it up to like give us a kernel so that they can explain expand on it and maybe the next time we see him because it doesn't make sense right like if he's like a main villain they're like for her to actually mentally heal him in this episode and then he, what would he do he'd, be, he'd either give up crime or become a good guy like it does it goes against all of the marvel stuff right so it's like i think they had her do that and left it kind of ambiguous so that maybe down the road and like the end of the daredevil series he can be like half fixed or you know like maybe he has his coming moment then has come to moment then because of what she did or maybe she has to do it again that's how i felt when that happened um so i was okay with that actually as far as all the superpower stuff that i kind of alluded to at the beginning of this podcast about like i wasn't impressed with the ending that part i didn't hate the heal like, i feel like it could have been very easy to have her just go into iron fist mode and start punching people around and fisk and all that kind of right have your what you expect would be you know her power um, but the fact that she just went to the, it just showed that her character for, you know, in that moment was like wanting to heal him and took her mother's energy and and did that, which I thought was kind of cool. Visually, I didn't really like the whole, I didn't like the suit. Like, the, I mean, like I love what that, what it came from. Like it was her grandmother making it to kind of unify all of her heritage and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like just visually, like from a design, visual design standpoint, it just ended up looking like a like brown leather, right? Like. I don't know. I feel like they could have done some cooler shit, but, um, and then the thing that kind of wasn't not great was the Avengers moment where like, she's standing there in front of Fisk and like all the ancestors are behind her. And it's not, they're not even go like they didn't even Jedi that shit. They should have force ghosted them or something, you know, but they were just literally standing in the room with her. And I'm just like, what? So are they there? Or is this just like showing what's in her mind's eye that they're there with her kind of thing? I don't know. Just visually, I didn't. I didn't like it too much. Um, uh, giving the other two the powers to fight back seemed kind of weird, but sure, that's how they went with it. Um, but I guess overall, I'm 
I'm glad they went with the healing thing and just kind of letting it go to where now I'm sure it's going to be dealt with later on in other series with Kingpin and whatnot. So, um, but I am confused how, and I did like the, cause one of the smiling moments is at the end when she's with her friends, her family at the barbecue and she's, you know, she's found peace. She's, you know, with her family, but like, so she must feel like she's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like that she's not like Fisk isn't going to come back after her because like, she's now just going to hang out in the, in the town with her family that Fisk knows is there. And, you know, so, I guess I'm just waiting to see what happens, Greg. I'm waiting to see what happens. <laughs> we all are. All right. So uh, overall thoughts on the series and a rating out of five. Uh, I'll start. Um, I thought there was uh, a lot in this show uh, that I that I liked, um, but it was kind of bogged down with uh, uh, with things that I feel that they second guessed and and added in to try to give this show a little more um to to appease comic book fans and i think it kind of took away from the stuff that i think was actually really good and it is the stuff with her family and the stuff with her ancestors and uh that's what i really found interesting about this show so there is something there uh i do want to see more of this character um i think i would give this series a heavy three out of five you know um i uh I found it took itself a bit too seriously. I mean, with the exception of biscuits and uh, and Scully, it could have used a bit more—not not necessarily levity, but just you know, you you just want to, yeah, may, maybe just a bit more levity. Um, and yeah, um, and the finale was kind of a, a wet noodle. Um, I'm giving it a two and a half. Sean, what about you? Uh. Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty good time with it. I find most of the Marvel shows somewhere in the middle. I just kind of start to lose interest, whether it's getting bogged down with plot stuff or MCU tie-in stuff. Um, this one didn't really have that. The five episodes is quite nice, and I would like more at that or this length. And, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect, but I- I'm going to give it a three and a half. Dax? John, love this fucking thing. <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of up more on the Nuno side of things. Um like I said, I, I the cultural stuff I actually really liked how it was represented here. I mean, as you know, as a white man looking at, it, I could be wrong, but I don't know what the feedback is like from uh, the indigenous population and fans and stuff of like that. If they think that it was well done, um, but to me, it, it was interesting. I saw some things I didn't know about. I really, like I said, loved the character acting in it in the sense of like that the relationships that were between everyone. Uh, the ASL stuff I thought was handled really well every it was neat seeing i think sean kind of touched on this but like how everyone had their own like all the actors and obviously characters had their own take on sign language and like how they would express it and stuff like that which was just so it was almost like you were seeing everybody's um like different flavors of you know sign language in the show which kept the um, conversations interesting to me anyway but yeah uh some of the fights that early on was was really cool what i expected would have liked a little bit more of it you know, maybe my, my star rating is a little bit uh, under a cloudy sky or whatever because I, I fell asleep during that one fight sequence. So maybe that would have upped it a little bit. But <laughs> you uh, missed I'm, one I'm, of the best fight sequences. Yeah. It was too dark during the train sequence. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a, a and for what's your, what's your name here? I pulled it up here. Alaqua Fox. Alaqua Cox. Alaqua Cox. Sorry, I, I was so weird about saying Alaqua properly. Alaqua Cox. Her smile alone bumps us up to a, a light three. I was nice. going to say two and a half, but 
she i thought she was great and i thought all the actors in the were, were did a good job so i'm gonna give it a like three even though i feel like it was lacking all right uh let's move on to our superlatives and uh let's start with our favorite secondary character and uh we'll start with sean yeah i went with scully he was just a lot of fun i liked you know he the, the whole thing where he um makes the new prosthetic leg for her kind of had that like forging of the weapon kind of feel to it um but but he was it was just yeah nice to have some comic relief and i thought he was fun uh nuno uh, i'm going with uh uncle henry played by chaske spencer i found a, a lot of um well some of the family members especially bonnie was they're really really sidelined and not really fleshed out i found henry uncle henry i actually cared about him i was convinced that he probably would have you know died during one of the uh i mean so many moments where he's put, he's put in jeopardy um yeah i really liked the acting i think is probably one of the one of my favorite performances of the series and i'm glad he didn't get killed Dax, amen brother i agree uh with you know uh henry was mine so chaske spencer i thought like i said his relationship with her was awesome i thought he act his acting was great uh, he was my favorite secondary character um uh... My favorite was the uh, monster truck driving biscuits <laughs> played by uh, Cody Lightning. Uh, and uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, 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 some comic relief. Uh, could have used a little bit more, uh, but uh, but I did enjoy biscuits quite a bit. Uh, all right, let's move into the recasting. Uh, um, I'll start because uh, uh, I'm also going to choose biscuits to recast although although i did like cody lightning um uh i think the uh the 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 gag of uh jim parsons has run its course uh so i'm actually going to do this one serious for a first time ever what and i would recast biscuits with maddie matheson (laughs) (laughs) yeah from the bear thanks absolutely that's the the chef guy right the cook yeah 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 uh well I already spoiled mine I'm going to yep. recast Zane with Flea <laughs> just makes sense uh Nuno I am also recasting Zane um with someone even more over the top <laughs> I don't think Zane was annoying enough I'm going with uh, Jason Manzukis nice <laughs> <laughs> just because I think-, I think he'd he'd add just a little bit more crazy to the role. And that's what I think I you've chosen Jason Manzukis a couple of times. Have I? I think so. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Dax, what about you? All right. Here's the thing. Uh, I think I'm going to recast. I don't even know what the character's name is because I feel like all the main characters, I wouldn't want to recast them. So, you know, Bisk, the guy who owns the the shop or the, the junkyard, right? That oh, Biscuits yes. goes to, right? Yeah. I'm going to give my boy Wes Studi a cameo in that. Nice. Nice. So, because I feel like he was like, as far as the legends of the Native American actors, he he was not in this, and uh, I love that guy. So, all right, uh, let's go into our uh, top five moments, and we'll start with Nuno. Number five, I have, um, I have just uh, Scully's relationship with uh, with Chula, how he's trying to kind of like win her back and kind of flirt with her. I thought that was kind of like you know good acting some nice good scenes um number four uh i liked all of the cold opens with the ancestors 
I think my favorite one was the uh, ancestor who became the first female uh, light horseman. The the silent film opening was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I love that for <laughs> possibly the uh, low, low price of the $100 that um, Biscuits sold his PS4 for <laughs> and just raiding a, um, a junkyard. He was able to construct an amazing monster truck. Legit. Yeah. Um, I liked the five minute appearance of Daredevil, especially seeing him in the red suit again. And uh, the one thing I liked most about the series was that it was a breeze to watch. Just that five episodes, they weren't very long. It was an easy watch. Um, all right, I'll go next. Uh, my number five is the uh, the uh, virtual reality contact lens. Uh, just uh, just the the visual of those arms flaying about. Uh, number four, uh, the appearance of Daredevil in that scene. Uh, number three, the uh, um, the opening credits theme was a song called "Burning" by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. I thought that that song was was pretty was kind of a banger. Uh, I, uh, I I really dug the groove of that. Um, number two, all the stories of Maya's ancestors, and my number one moment, uh, uh, Scully. Uh, he was wearing a T-shirt uh, that was called uh, on the T-shirt. It was the Natives, but it was in the Beatles font. Yeah, and uh, it had like an Abbey Road takeoff. I, I couldn't really make out what the images were. But I just I really enjoyed uh, the shirt that he was wearing. Yeah, that was a cool shirt. Uh, Sean, let's go with you. All right. Uh, number five, train sequence. Number four, Dragula fight sequence. Number three, opening uh, prologue things with the ancestors. The the stickball one was really cool too. It went on, you know, a fair bit longer than I expected, but I was into it. Uh, number two, just low stakes story without crazy superpowers just always seem to dig those and number one five episodes baby in and out it's dex what about you all right uh number five uh, something i didn't actually touch on because i had it written down but we forgot about it during the course of the show but i did like it's not the first time it's ever been done but i feel like it was it suited this show was the uh sound versus the the mute during action sequences to show her and her moment like how she is at that time like hearing just her heartbeat or feel you know that kind of stuff like you know we've all seen it so in those moments i thought that was cool um uh number four would be her two smiles in the season fantastic pretty pretty girl that has lots of charisma i like her she i've got a soft spot for her that one's crushing uh yeah for sure uh the character relationships overall in the series i thought were some of the best stuff for me and that kept me enjoying the show um, Daredevil's appearance for number two and number one would be overall the flight choreography, uh, along with what Sean says, like the, the kind of Batman low stakes, a uh, human style action superhero type stuff. So, all right. So that's, uh, that's our review of, uh, of echo on Disney plus. Uh, thanks for, uh, joining the podcast. Uh, Nuno, where can uh, people find you? Oh, um, you can see my comic book covers, uh, online on my online portfolio, um, nunop or nunop.com. And there's also links to my socials. Sean? Uh, filmjunk.com. Check it out. Dax, your favorite. You got it, buddy. Daxgordine.com. All my socials are on there. 
come hang out, check out all my stuff that I haven't been posting lately because it's all been NDA shit. So Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, it's not, not that intense. It's just that <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, it's been a slow start to the new year, put it that way. There hasn't been a whole lot of posting. I'm working on my, my forceful comic though. So it's going well. Can you, uh, oh. can you talk a little bit about, uh, Jeff, Jeff, the shark? Oh yeah. Jeff, the shark. Yeah. Actually I was kind of, I was kind of proud. It's a proud dad a moment there. Um, so Jeff, the shark, uh, was the thing I was working on like all of last year and I couldn't talk about it on, on these things. Um, but basically, it's it's a character that was created uh, on as an online webcomic, I think, is basically a pet to the Avengers. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but he's like just like a little kind of like dog shark that runs around with them and gets, you know, it's for kids. So we ended up doing like a motion. They want to do a motion animated uh, comic on for their YouTube channel called like Marvel uh, HQ or something like that. It's like a kid's YouTube channel. So that's what I was doing all last year. And we did like eight episodes, nine episodes. So the first one released in December and it was the Christmas one. And uh, they're like two minutes long. It's like basically like I did a, a comic pages with a bunch of poses and they actually animated it really well. I'm impressed how it turned out considering the lack of poses I was doing. Um, and uh, it's all silent. Basically all I hear is Jeff going, <laughs> right? But the first, the it got, it got almost 200,000 views. The first one, the second one is up at 125,000 views. I think you're going to be doing one every month um so at least people are seeing it which is which was nice for me to be like hey something i did people everything i've kind of done over the years like not just the way it's worked out is you know it's never hit quite what i thought it was going to be you know what i mean like some oh this could be huge for my career and then just nobody sees it but as not saying this is gonna be huge for my career but it was just nice to see these big numbers of views people actually seeing the work that that was put into it so uh yeah i believe we did one like there's like valentine's like all the holidays so coming up through the year you'll see a little mini jeff the shark things on youtube so and it's on on marvel hq on youtube marvel hq yeah yeah if you just uh let me see here if you just like google search jeff the shark on youtube it, it'll be the first thing that shows up because the views are so high on it which was kind of nice but yeah it yeah. does just jeff have a of a voice no he's he's just kind of like <laughs> oh. yeah, do you uh, do the voice no, no, <laughs> but uh, let's see here. It's is there a potential spotlight series coming from this? I would love it. So let's see here. B- Bird brain was actually a fun one. So yeah, it's Marvel HQ. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like even the Avengers when they're on the screen, like they just kind of go. Hum, 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 hum. It's all like that mute kind of like they didn't want to do voice for it, so it's all just very slapstick. It's for like little kids, you know. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the. Uh... The eventual Jeff the Shark and uh, Werewolf by Night team up. Oh God, that'd be amazing! <laughs> amazing, but he was fun to draw. Yeah, so I had some fun drawing that. You can find us on uh, TV Junk Podcast on uh, X or Twitter, uh, TV Junk Podcast at Gmail. Um, I don't know what's going to be happening for episode twenty-seven. We haven't really talked too much about shows. Uh, you guys watching anything? Anybody watching Traders? The Traders. The people are talking about this show. No, I'm 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 curious about it, but I haven't got into it yet. True Detective, it's, watching that, right? That's about it. Nuno, what are you watching right now? Um, not watching anything new. I'm kind of rewatching stuff with my kids. Dax, what about you? I've been watching obsessively to fall asleep at night, so it's been a nice slow burn. But uh, the great uh, Morgan Freeman's uh, Life on Our Planet. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of detailing from like you know the beginning of the planet like then to like i'm now with the dinosaurs so it showed all the mass it's you know one of those planet series you know 
but it's actually like I'm I'm actually really enjoying it. It, it, it actually is blowing my mind because the whole evolution stuff. I don't want to get too deep because it's the end of the show. But the I was always like you know you grow up going okay well there was dinosaurs and then there was us after the new the the, the comet hit kind of thing right. But this show talks about all the mass extinctions before that, right? So there was like a mass extinction 150 million years before that, where like literally there was all these different kinds of animals, giant bugs and all that shit, but then like volcanoes and turned it into like a crazy atmosphere, killed everything, scorched the earth, and very few things survived. And one of the things that did survive was something along the lines of the early ancestors of lizard-ish type things and some other mammal type things. And it was at the point where there was so little competition around that for like 50 million years, there were these little cow-like things that walked around and ate grass and nothing ate them until finally this lizard subspecies came and started eating them and then destroyed that whole thing, made them extinct. And then as it rolled on, that's where we got dinosaurs because what was left on the earth was majority lizards. And then but they evolved over millions and millions of years to become dinosaurs. And then they had their run. And the only reason why there's not dinosaurs, like there were 150 million years of dinosaurs on the planet. And then the only reason it stopped was because a comet came and killed them. Right. So it's like, it, it just, it's, my mind's going, <laughs> but you're welcome. And this is that. all, this is all like Morgan Freeman's fever dream. I guess. I don't know. Morgan Freeman is amazing. It's, it, it, it's he's, amazing. He's from the mind carrier. of Morgan Freeman. Uh, <laughs> did you, uh, did you watch the bachelor Dax? Oh, is the new one started? Yeah, I think it starts. The new week, one just it? started. Oh shit! I was wondering. Yeah, okay, no, I haven't seen it yet. No, damn. That was. I guess it would have been what Monday. Yeah, just the Monday was oh, the first shit. episode. I'm, I got to watch that tonight. Then I know what I'm watching tonight, yeah. boys. I know what I'm watching tonight. I'm excited for that one. That's Joey's season, right? That's right. Yes. You let's gotta, go. You got to go check out the <laughs> the adventures of Joey. And uh, all right, so we'll 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 figure out something to watch for episode twenty seven. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. You can watch Mr. Rogers. You can watch Three's Company. And you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adams Family. Say, you can watch Barney Miller. And you can watch your MTV. And you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head. That'll be okay with me. And you can watch...